I'd like to welcome everyone to the Only Podcast. This is episode 47. I'm Kristen Smith up here in Gainsborough. And uh, James Bartleby here in Bracknell and uh, celebrating the first anniversary. It's a year ago today since I first came on the show. And just a short run up the M4, it's me, Rob Overfield in West London. And I can't remember when I started doing the podcast, so whenever. <laughs> uh, I'm sure we'll be able to remind you at some point, Rob. I would like to also welcome a very special guest tonight, uh, Shane Clark, playing of Tamworth, formerly at Lincoln City, Boston United, uh, Gainsborough Trinity, amongst others. Um, he's joined us uh, for a very special chat about uh, managers, and uh, no offence to Shane, but I didn't believe that uh, Tamworth would get a new manager as quick as they did. So uh, he'll have, may have to watch his words uh, as he's a new manager to try and... Uh, go through so how are you doing Shane yeah I'm good thank you very good right I know you had some questions uh, James that you uh, would like to run past them uh, Shane hasn't seen any of these because I forgot to talk to him about it <laughs> I don't, don't really, there's nothing will put you in hot water Shane it was um, it was uh, first of all thanks uh, thanks for agreeing to, uh, to a little chat with us it's, uh, it's really good of you to, uh, to join us tonight um, yeah, just, no problem. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm just wondering, so like from a from inside the dressing room, because you know I've never played anything other than you know really poor standard park football. So I was just wondering from a from like from inside the dressing room what it's like when uh, when there is a change of manager. Um, I don't know your situation whether you know whether you're a first team regular under the previous previous manager and uh, and that, what it what it'll mean for you personally at the club or whether you're worried about about your future. Just the sort of thing that goes through a player's a player's head and the dressing room as a whole when the, when there is a change of manager, really? Um, well, I mean, I can only really speak about the times that it's affected me. And um, this time around, at time, um, Dale Alford, Dale, uh, Dale brought me into the club amongst the majority of the squad. So, for that reason, when he obviously got the sack, um, a lot of the lads were looking around at each other, sort of thinking to themselves, you know, is this going to be somebody that is going to help players out straight away, bringing his own new squad? Or are we going to get somebody much like Dale who we really want to work for and really want to get results with? Um, so it's quite an apprehensive time, really. Um, no doubt that there's players in the dressing room that probably um, are seen as, you know, a clean slate and they can force them back into the team or force their way into the team who weren't playing. Uh, and there'll also be players that have played regularly that will probably be thinking, hang on a minute, I'm not going to play every game again. But putting that aside, um, it's going to raise the players' performances by another 5 10%. So it all should be a good thing um, for Tamworth right now. But as a player, you know, for any club, it's quite an apprehensive time, quite a stressful time, really. Yeah, and so with in terms of the old manager going, do you as a as a group of players do you do you feel responsible for that, or you know obviously I'm sure there are some some players those that you say would maybe been out of favour that probably quite glad to see the see the back of a of managers at times, but do you generally do you feel do you feel responsible as a as a unit for for a manager losing their job, or do you just do you yeah just I think yeah you've got to, yeah you've got to really. Um, at the end of the day, the manager picks the best team that he feels will win the game. And if the lads don't perform or don't get results, then 
it all merely falls, you know, was. Um, and, you know, like, it's, it's difficult, really. Um, it really is. But I feel personally that if I'm back, then we've potentially let, let him down. And that's just my take on it. So um, there might be other, other teams that, like, say, might want to blame other managers. Um, blame the manager that got sacked, for instance. But for me personally, this time around, I feel that we managed it down, that we managed down a little bit. So, in terms of the uh, the new manager, then you must be delighted, Andrew Morell. That's a that's a really good appointment, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, in all fairness, I didn't know an awful lot about him. Um, I came up against Wrexham when I was at Gainsborough in the FA Trophy, um, and they were a well-run outfit then. Um, so that's the only sort of dealing I've had with him. But from seeing the paper and seeing the, the stats about his win ratio and stuff, then it's obviously looking like a fantastic point for him, really. Yeah, I'm just looking at that. Actually, you mentioned his win percentage. I'm just looking on the on Wikipedia where everything is true, of course. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's what 73 wins in 140 games. So that's um, for his first yeah. his first job in management. That's that's a, a really really good return. So if I was a if I was a Tamworth fan or a player or anyone involved with the club, I'd be I'd be really excited about about moving forward with Andy in charge. So. Yeah, and as you as you said just before we started recording, got a got a win on his on his debut at the weekend. Yeah, which he'll be obviously dive about. Really. Um, it's a much needed win. We've been drawing a lot of games this season, and uh, it's refreshing to sort of finally get a, a positive result um, and move on into the next round. Really. So hopefully that'll just continue. Yeah, who did you get? I, can't, I haven't seen the drawing full actually. I haven't had a chance. We played a uh, played Russell. Uh, home and we drew um, either Lewis Loft or uh, I uh, remember but yeah you know, it, either way what was in front of us was a positive result I keep going really uh, fortunately for us you know, the lovely FA Cup and all that um, well, hopefully we'll play a little bit of a run yeah, I've just just got the drawer up as yeah, you were it's Colville. speaking uh, Colville or Lewis Loft at home so, so yeah, uh, that's it, yeah. To regress again Yes, exactly. I mean, you know, teams in and around or in the league or whatever, um, we still hope to get a positive result. It's good at home. Um, and it's a chance for us in the new gaffer to really make a fortress out of the stadium, really. Yeah, so obviously from from Andy's point of view, the, the prize money might just help to strengthen the squad, the extra money coming in onto the budget. But just to get that league form, obviously uh, that's the the bread and butter and you're struggling a little bit down at the wrong end of the table. So he'd be hoping that his, uh, the new manager bounce will continue in the league this uh, this next few weeks. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, the team they changed from the team. It was a tough season that got relegated. So everybody here came to the season hoping to be pushed for the promotion. So, you know, we're eager to get back to winning ways and sort of Oh, again. Yeah, I mean, you, it's you know, you're only what nine points away from the playoffs at the minute, so it's um, still very early days. A good, a decent run of form now. I think they've probably made the change at the right time. Really, um, plenty of games to go now. To uh, what well, have you got? Thirty-two games to uh, to get your season back on track. So I, I think with Andy in charge, I think you'll certainly be uh, challenging, if if not quite making it, but you'll certainly be up there. I reckon at the end of the season. Yeah, well, yeah, we've got as well. We could be rich, so um, I think, you know, like you said, everyone, 
everyone knows that we should be higher than we are, and uh, we would decline. Good stuff. I think that's uh, that's all my questions. Any from uh, yourselves, Kristen or Rob? There's well, nothing, nothing too much for me. <laughs> oh, Rob, Rob's quiet. Oh. <laughs> Unlike Rob, to be speechless. <laughs> well, come on, I've had, a, I've had a weekend away from football. I haven't had a chance to think about it. <laughs> oh, dear. That's not, not not the life you want, a weekend away. Um, when are you back, Shane? Because I know you're suspended at the moment. Uh, do the FA Cup games count towards it, or is it only the league games? I'm pretty sure it's cool. So I've got um, Saturdays and then I'll be back in the week after. Now, obviously, from my point of view, I want to get as possible because there's a new manager in judge. You know, with the suspension, it didn't come, didn't come at a good time. So, but, um, you know, knuckle down in training and hopefully push my way into the team. Yeah, of course, it can't be easy if you're, if you're not available when a, when a new manager comes in because... The person who's filling your shirt might play, might play, uh, as you suggested earlier, you know, play to the top of his ability to impress a new guy, and that that could make things harder for you. But I suppose in that respect, you just got to trust in your own ability that you that you're going to impress him and, and get back in that team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, I'm just the last uh, from the previous um, from previous management or whoever was involved with the club. Um, because I felt like I'd okay for this season. So, you know, it'd be nice to sort of get back into the team and hopefully play, play regularly like I was doing. Um, but, like I said, you know, it's, it's a new manager and everyone's got a clean feet, so time will tell, really. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah, well, good luck going forward. And when you come back, I hope you get back in the uh, in the team and uh, you can help help Andy take Tamworth up the table. Yeah, me too. Yeah, appreciate it. Okay, th- thanks very much, Shane, for your time, and uh, it's been uh, good talking to you. I will see you on Wednesday uh, to uh, yep. have a little follow-up. Hey, okay, then. <laughs> been, been really good. Thanks for that, Shane. Thanks a lot, mate. Thanks. No, yeah, I appreciate your time, guys. Cheers. Okay. Thanks, Cheers. Shane. Bye. Bye. So, hopefully we're all still here, because uh, I've done <laughs> yep. that one like that before. Um, so we can get back to our normal rundown. Thank you very much to Shane Clark. Uh, as I say, he's there at Tamworth and seen from a player's perspective how the management changes uh, can affect the club. And so it's been really good of him to uh, spare a few minutes on a Monday evening again. Uh, yeah, that gives us gives us a really good insight into, um, you know, it was a really good time to get him on. It was just coincidence, wasn't it, really, that mm-hmm. we got him on so soon after a after a new manager, like you know, you said, you said last week you'd arranged that he'd be on on this on this week, and of course we weren't really expecting them to have a have a permanent manager in by now, were we? So the timing couldn't have really worked out better for us. No, I I didn't expect. I I thought there would be um, a couple of weeks, three or four weeks, but uh, it's good for them, especially getting somebody of the caliber of uh, Andy. <clears throat> Absolutely, they've really got themselves a good one there. So it could be very interesting uh, to see how the change made. Because I remember back to last season uh, with uh, Barrow in the Conference North, they made a change of their manager just before Christmas, and then went shooting up the table. And uh, so whether or not we're going to see um, Saturday's game 
where they're away at Geisley, so that's a tough one um, for his first league game. And I'm just trying to work out whether they would want Colville, um, who are playing Lowestoft to tomorrow night in the replay. Um, bearing in mind that Colville may bring a few more fans, just being uh, up the other end of the uh, M42 away from them. So it's uh, it could be. Yeah, a well, you, you also wouldn't want the uh, potential replay at Lowestoft, would you? If, uh, not, not on a Tuesday night. So. No, which is I'm assuming. I think the replay is at Lowestoft, isn't it? Tomorrow for Colville. It is, I believe. I think yeah. Ooh. So it's, yeah. Uh, it's not an easy trip to do on a on a Tuesday night. So from that point of view, from you know potential replay aspect, mm. I'm sure everyone at Tamworth's hoping hoping to Colville do it, but. It's a tough call going all that way. I know that much. It is, yeah. You always tend to say, though, in the cup that you, you know if you're drawn at home, that's your chance. You know, you've, mm. that's your best chance of going through. And so, yeah, we'll have to have to see what happens there. But yeah, it's really good having having Shane on. Hopefully, he'll be uh, the first of of, of many mm. guests in future. Hopefully, he will be. Um, I'll just sort of look at that. And so, what I'm looking at is, uh, as you've already mentioned, we've had the FA Cup third qualifying round draw today um i don't know whether you guys have had a chance to have a little digest i know you've not seen it uh, until very recently um about some choice ties that there are there there was there was some as we'll come on to later with the team of the week there were some shocks i would have to say um in the cup on saturday which is always nice uh, and always good to see um but just quickly scanning down, I'm thinking Grantham Town will be relishing the trip up to North Ferriby to hopefully, as far as they're concerned, cause a little upset there um, because that could be quite uh, interesting uh, if Grantham get through because uh, North Ferriby are high-flying in the Conference North again. Mm-hmm. Um, just... Yeah, Geisley v Hales-Owen Town as well, considering uh, Hales-Owen put seven away at the, at the weekend. Uh, that could be, a, could be a tasty little fixture as well. That one stands out for me. Just just to follow up on uh, a couple of weeks ago when I was down watching uh, Bridgewater Town, they actually lost uh, against Basingstoke uh, in Bridgewater on Saturday. So uh, it's Ebbsfleet versus Basingstoke. So that's going to be an interesting one as well, really, um, with uh, Ebbsfleet uh, in the conference. um, I know they call it conference prem, it's not now, is it? Uh, also, uh, Harrowborough v Waltham Abbey. That um, that stands out for me because Harrowborough beat VCD, who beat Hampton in the uh, in the competition so far. So that one, that one's one that I'll be keeping an eye on in kind of a, a round robin sort of thing. I think distance wise is probably Kings Lynn Town at home to Lancaster City. That's a fair trek for both teams. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, definitely. Just yeah. a little. I don't. I will admit, I don't know as much of the uh, southern area as I do with the north. So. <laughs> I'm just looking at uh, tie number twenty there. Fulland Sports off from town against Boreham Wood as well. That won't be a. That's the old cliched uh, potential banana skin there, isn't it for for Boreham mm. Wood who were mm. up there among the favourites for for promotion from step two. But uh, as we saw with uh, with Barrow, that's um, that's not always a given. No, and that's that's the thing. That's the uh, beauty of the cup, isn't it? That it's all, uh, as our manager said in the program on Saturday, doesn't make a difference. You could be Premiership playing a pub team. It's the eleven players out on the pitch for each side, and only takes one goal. Yeah, absolutely. Form goes out the window, doesn't it? You know, it's bring out all the old cliches, though. You know, magic of the cup. Form goes out the window, and. Uh, 
mm. you know, the FA Cup's a great leveller. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's there's some some cracking ties there, and you know, some good away days, some new grounds for for fans to visit, and and uh, yeah, some some potential upsets again, which. Mm. As a as a no school football fan, I'm always on the side of the underdog unless they're playing my team. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's the thing. It was uh, something that I was talking to somebody from who's a Man City season ticket holder, and he didn't realise that it starts with the extra preliminary qualifying round. Mm. And then you've yeah, got further six a lot of people or seven games before you get to yeah, the Yeah, there's a lot round. of people that don't realise it starts way back in uh, the beginning July. of August or early August. And mm. it's it's websites like the Real FA Cup, you know, that that, that are helping to bring to bring it home. And and obviously all the all your ground hoppers that do your, your the blogging and things now, it's it's mm. it's really starting to put the uh, the early rounds of the FA Cup into into the spotlight a little bit and of course it, it helps having uh, having BT Sport cover the early rounds as well from you know it really helps bring those early rounds into the spotlight and which is you know can only be a good thing yes it's excuse me uh, I've, I've only just got back in I think must have had up the air con or something on in the car because my throat is really dry at the minute <laughs> get a beer down yeah it's good call, is that? <laughs> what I'm doing. <laughs> I was I was driving uh, to get here to get started, so I didn't have a chance to stop at uh, my special shop. <laughs> so there's not masses to talk about uh, this week because we do have uh, some things. Um, now I think I'm going to start before we get on to Forest Green. I think I'm going to start with Nuneaton, where. I know this has come across both of your radars over the past week. Uh, I actually saw a tweet uh, from, I think it was the Borough supporters, the uh, Nuneaton Borough supporters, sorry, Nuneaton Town supporters, who uh, tweeted out about their... No, it was the official it was the official account I first saw this on, and uh, I think you found a different story, haven't you, James, about uh, the Nuneaton chief executive decided to assault somebody. Yeah, it, I mean, it just you know this time last week we were talking talking about how they made a good appointment in Liam Dash as their new manager, and now this week we're at the other end of the spectrum as uh, you know as their director and chief executive Ian Neal has to be forced to resign because he was arrested for assault at a charity evening at, at Coventry's Rico Arena Stadium. So it's a bit of a bit of a come down over the last week for them. Um, he was. Alleged that Mr. Neil was involved in a in a confrontation with a with another man uh, at the NSPCC's annual charity ball. Um, and Mr. Neil's on the on the board of the charity, and he was in he was in police custody over the weekend. Um, so it's it's just kind of undone a lot of the good feeling that would have been at the club because of appointing a manager of of Dacia's caliber and. And now they, you know, they're having this trouble high up in the club, and it just, you know, it seems really bizarre. I mean, it's a charity event for a children's charity, and there he is assaulting assaulting another guest allegedly. I should add, um, yeah, it just it just seems bizarre. He just guess it goes to show. I'm assuming alcohol was involved, and it's never a good thing, is it? 
No, it never is. And um, the, most, the more embarrassing thing for Mr. Neil was the fact, as you said, James, it was at a, a charity event, um, basically, you know, uh, for a children's charity. And that doesn't look good. If it had been, it's like on a night out in Coventry or you know, so, so something like that somewhere else. You know, it still wouldn't look good, but it doesn't look. It wouldn't have looked as bad as this does. So whether um, whether Ian Neil decided that, given circumstances, he couldn't keep, he couldn't, in all honesty, stay in his position. Which, if that's the case, well, that's fair enough. Um, but if he's been requested to stand down, then it makes life very difficult. <sighs> I mean, thankfully, Nuneaton have put somebody, have appointed somebody to uh, take over the. The position, so you know, with a bit of luck as far as the events on the pitch, it shouldn't change anything too much. Um, I think Liam Dish, well, yeah, he, he'll barely notice that anything's changed, other than the fact that you know his, ulti- his ultimate boss has uh, has changed. Um, hopefully, you know, Nuneaton can uh, not let it bother them on the field and you know get some results. Yeah, I mean it. It's especially uh, painful, you would have thought, for for the Nuneaton fans, as uh, you know, as Mr. Neil took over the as chairman in 2008, when, when the club had been liquidated with you know with debts of over a million pounds and and been relegated a couple of divisions along with it. So you know, in the history of the club, he's a he's a he's a big figure that's that's helped put them back on the on a steady steady footing. So yeah, you know, it'll be especially painful for, for fans of the club I would have thought mm, I think it will I think it will I think it's um, it's a sad situation especially with the uh, very good appointment and uh, the good positive press they were receiving after Liam Dace joined uh, the next thing on the website is about the, ma- the uh, chief exec having to resign so it's uh, not the way you'd want it to be and I think this one could get Rob started, but I'm I'm not sure. It's the old thing again. Uh, Forest Green have uh, been deducted three points for fielding an ineligible player, uh, and also fined five hundred pounds. Uh, and they they won on the opening day uh, against Southport, one uh, nil at uh, the New Lawn. And in I'm just I'm looking. It was uh, in Birmingham. Uh, they accepted the charge and offered to replay the game, but the uh, football conference uh, rejected. So here we go again. Are we, are we going to have this? It's already taken them from ninth down to thirteenth. Could this be their season push for promotion? They were tipped by a few people. Uh, already going to stray, and we're only at the end of September. Well. I mean, it just makes you wonder, uh, a story like this, um, exactly what the club secretary was doing. Um, I know at most clubs, when you know it comes to the start of the season, they will you know, double-check the registration with the respective league and just to make sure all the papers have gone through and there's never any problems. I mean, we've got no details about this other than the fact it has happened, the hearing has taken place and the punishment has been handed out. The curious thing I find about this is the fact that they offered to play the game. Forest Green should realise there is no option for that. The punishment is you lose the points that you gained from fielding the, the ineligible player and you get fined. There is nothing in the FA rules that 
you know, would countenance this. It's, you know, I mean, why they thought that, you know, the the conference, the conference panel would agree with that and accept, you know, accept that offer, is somewhat baffling. Um, if they do decide to appeal to the football association, then it'll be it'll be interesting to see on what grounds that they, you know, they they present to the FA, because if a player isn't registered and he, and he plays for the team. Then he's not eligible to play. It's, I mean, it could be um, an administrative issue at the FA. I can't see the FA uh, admitting to that. It could be an administrative issue at the at Forest Green. I can't see the club agreeing, you know, <laughs> accepting that. They've accepted the offence took place, but they're not going to, you know, they're not going to be allowed. Uh, the rules don't allow it um, for any replaying of the game. Um, it just means now that, you know. In a curious sort of way, neither team gets anything from the game. I think that's the way it works. I don't think um, Southport get the points that were deducted from Forest Green. I think it's a case of Forest Green lose the points and Southall, you know, have still been beaten. So, you know, for a simple administrative mis- administrative mistake, you know, Forest Green are going, to, you know, are going to have problems. And it just serves as a warning for all club secretaries and all players involved with the administrative paperwork of the club to check your registrations. I mean, as our listeners will know, um, at Hampton and Richmond, I'm, I am one of the only two people uh, within the club that's got access to the player registrations, you know, the listing on the league website who is actually registered and who isn't. Um, and, I mean, these things bear checking, you know, every time you do any business. Um, just double check the paperwork's gone through and it's all registered with, with the respective league. Um, I would have thought that was just a, a standard procedure. But unfortunately, it doesn't appear it was for Forest Green. They must just have taken the, possibly taken the assumption that it had been sent off to the league, everything was fine. Sometimes you've got to double check that everything goes through properly. Again, other clubs will start tightening up and checking. But Forest Green... They're not going to get the replay. They're not going to get the points, and they're going to lose five hundred pounds. It's a, a poignant story for um, this round uh, of the FA uh, Cup. Um, this time last year, games where Trinity were actually expelled from the competition for fielding an ineligible player, and uh, it came down to the fact that an email was sent but never received. But it was done at such a late stage that nobody could check before the next day. And there was nobody to check with because it's Saturday morning. And so, mm. okay, they took a punt and played him and we got uh, thrown out of the competition. And mm. according to um, the Forest Green statement, there is a discretion for uh, the panel to recommend the game be replayed. But uh, I was going to say... Uh, yeah, and so it said uh, the, the panel considered but declined the club's request to have the match replayed. So it looks like they thought about it, but mm. uh, it would be rather unusual for it to happen because there are loads of times clubs are being fined and points being docked. Mm. And you're right, it doesn't go to the other team, which in some mm. respects, okay, that's fair. Um, but it does make a mockery of everything that the match was played and so the other team have been punished because it could be that that guy got the winning goal and Mm. so 
well, how fair is that on the team who didn't feel the ineligible player? And so I, I'm always of the opinion that, okay, we'll award it to the other teams a 3-0 win. I thought it's what you should do. Well, I can understand that. And it would be, you know, it would definitely give the team that's been sinned against something, you know, in return for, you know, for, for what's happened to the other team. But um, for me, to replay the game, just, you know, would basically give the opportunity for the offending team to still get something out of the game. Um, and to be honest, I don't think that's fair. You know, you, you've made it, a mistake's been made, and you know, administration has gone awry, and yet you get the offer to, and yet you get the chance to play the game again. Admittedly, without the player that was the that um, that was the problem. And to me, that doesn't seem that that just doesn't just doesn't seem to sit right with me. You know, I mean, you get. Well, I mean, what's the punishment if you get to play the game again? How have you been punished? You know, it's that's that's my issue. If you know, okay, if you know, Forest Green had lost by Golden Hill to Southport, they would have just been fined, and there wouldn't have been, wouldn't have been a big issue. But because they won, there is an issue. So I don't know. It just doesn't seem the the the, the offer of a replay just didn't seem to sit right. Even though, as you've said, Kristen, there is room there in rules for it, but it you know, it pretty much never happens. So. I don't know. Doesn't sit right. Sorry, I uh, something popped up on my screen. I couldn't get back to the right one. Um, yeah, it is an unusual one, and uh, I, as you know from your personal situation, Rob, you've you double check everything, and uh, yeah. it's easy easy for me to say sitting here mm. when the amount of mistakes I make, and all I have to do is push a few <laughs> buttons. Um, but speaking of pushing buttons, uh, everybody may remember Carl Colley, the uh, Ghoul FC uh, defender, who uh, in January of this year decided to uh, have his buttons pushed by a fan uh, of Colville, uh, the aforementioned Colville from earlier on, and uh, decided to jump in the crowd to uh, go and give him a what for. And uh, according to the non-league paper um, this week, it's uh, he's been given a twelve month, uh, sorry, a twelve week suspended sentence for theft, uh, but his playing ban actually ends on Wednesday, so uh, he could get picked up and start playing again. Uh, but uh, it's a rather interesting situation to happen there. Not been able to find anything online about this because uh, I've been looking around. All we can find is the original stories, uh, and so it would be. Interesting to know whether is that is the case, and was it his suspension from playing, which, uh, admittedly, paying at Gould's level, he won't be getting millions, but uh, was it that that caused the uh, the need to get the th- to go for theft? So uh, it's always an interesting one, and I think another one you found, James. Uh, this time it's a good news story, so it's uh, it's not not the end finally. Uh, we're not quite uh, finished yet, but uh, it's good news story from Sleaford, isn't it, James? Yeah, uh, I mean, long-time listeners uh, might remember we were we were talking about this uh, a little while ago, um, August the fourth on the opening. Uh, well, just just around about the start of the season, Sleaford Town manager Chris Jones uh, was involved in a in a serious car crash when uh, when his car was involved in a in a collision with a with a lorry. It it left Chris in intensive care. Uh, in fact, he was he 
been in a coma since since then. But last week he actually came out of that coma, um, which is fantastic news. Uh, it kind of slipped out of out of my consciousness. Um, this this story. I, for the first few weeks afterwards, I had been keeping an eye out to see if see if there had been any news, and then all of a sudden, reading an only paper this week, it, it popped up there, and um, I was delighted when I saw it and. And it's 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 really good news. Obviously, there's a, there's a, he's still critical. He's still in serious condition, and it's a it's a long long way to go yet before before he you know he manages to to recover fully. But you know after I think he came out of the coma on the 21st or the 22nd of September. So you know you're talking about seven weeks, uh, seven or eight weeks in a coma, and it's just such such a good good bit of news that he's. He's at least made a, a, the first step, shall we say, on the road on the road to recovery. And again, just uh, as we did at the time, send out our, our best wishes to uh, to him and his family, and hopefully they they uh, can help him nurse him back to back to full health, and he can be back in the dugout if that's uh, if that's what he chooses to do going forward. And and he'll be more importantly, I guess, he'll be out of hospital and back home in the next few weeks. Yes, I mean this is this is great to hear, and I mean Chris Jones now will have, you know, as as we've all said, he's got still got a lot of way, a lot of a way to go. But once he comes, you know, gets out of hospital, just the challenge of him getting back into the dugout would be all the motivation that he will need. And he'll, you know, good luck to him. If you know, it, it might take him a while, it might take him the rest of the season. But given the given the nature of uh, of his um, of his personality, how he can you know be a great one for fighting you know, anything that's going on, he'll yeah, I reckon this time next year he will just about be ready for uh, going back into the dugout. And good luck to him. Um, be a great, be a great inspiration to a lot of people that you know you can be in such a such a critical state as he was, and yet get back out. You know, into the world, back with his life, and I'll tell you something from from that moment on. He'll appreciate everything he sees around him, and um, it deserves all it deserves all the luck in the world. And he also, we hope he does get back to being on the bench there at um, at Sleaford Town. No, I thought so with him, and and hope he can recover fully because um, it's a. Certainly a situation that we wouldn't wish upon anybody. Yeah. Um, but speaking of... Hi, it's the manager's office. Ben. Oh, yeah, that's me. You're fired. Told you all I have to do is push a button. I pushed it before I'd finished talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Steady it's, on, Christian. It, it's been... Uh, been another good week as far as the managers going in their little merry-go-round. We've already mentioned that Andy Morell has taken over at Tamworth, and thank you once again to Shane uh, for coming in today. Um, also, another local one to me, uh, Gary Payton has taken over at Brig, uh, who I think have gone through four managers uh, officially because they had a management trio, and they, which then went to a duo, then to a single, and then to nobody, and now has gone back to um, one with Gary Payton taking over. <clears throat> it's a interesting appointment there. He's he's been as a caretaker, so uh, I think that's one of the ones where he's making the step up. 
and he's going to continue on. Now, we always hope uh, that uh, the caretakers can make it, and uh, he's also got an assistant in Phil Jackman and also a uh, coach uh, of Connor Lester. So this going back to the three, um, which is what they started off last season with, and uh, didn't do too badly overall. And uh, so Peyton's already... Guide him to a 3-0 win during his uh, caretaker stroll over of Colville Town. So that's the third mention of Colville today. And uh, before they narrowly lost uh, against Michelover Sports in the midweek. Um, and obviously we all know what happened to them in their FA Cup uh, things with a 10-0 loss, which was the, uh, the final straw, really. Um, and down there at Hastings, down... Uh, your neck of the woods. Uh, we've got uh, Kane coming back as a caretaker. Uh, yeah, Nigel Kane. Um, his caretaker manager Terry White uh, left. Um, he'd only been in charge since since January, but they lost three uh, nil at home to Tooting and Mitcham United um, last Monday. So he uh, Terry White resigned on the Tuesday, and Nigel Kane's come in, but uh, I believe it didn't really go too well because I think Hastings lost to Grace in the Cup, didn't they? So it, uh, it didn't go too well. Uh, he has been in charge before. Um, he took Hastings up in the playoffs in the 2006-07 uh, season, and he, uh, he has since been assistant manager as well. So he knows the club. So it's a, it's a you know, it's a safe pair of hands to take the club forward in the short term. Whether, like at uh, like at Brig, whether he ends up just taking the job full time remains to be seen. But in the short term, it's certainly a, a safe pair of hands. Someone who knows the club and and should at least be able to steady the ship going forward. Yeah, it's always interesting to see uh, how somebody coming back to the club um, can make a difference and. We're looking down at Witten Albion where Anthony Sheehan has uh, quit after only five games in charge. Uh, so it must come for a bit of a shock for the uh, Witten Albion fans there because we're not long into the season. But uh, it's a 5 0 defeat at Belper Town and he decided to call. Uh, it was decided to. Cons- he decided to call it a day, but was asked to reconsider his decision. Um, but uh, he maintained his uh, initial reaction after the loss. And so uh, Witten Albion are out there searching for a new manager again. Yeah, it's, it's not... Sorry, Rob, it's not just quick. It's not much of a surprise, really. I mean, they've been shipping goals, haven't they? Um, I think I've... Was it something like 20 goals in four or five games? I think I know in three of the last four, they've shipped five. So... You know, it's. Um, <clears throat> I don't really think that's uh, that's much of a surprise. It's still a little uh, bit surprised because five games isn't very much. You know, uh, how, yeah, no, I know. No matter how much you've lost them by. I know, but obviously things weren't going particularly <laughs> particularly well there, were they? So, you know, it's very possible that Sheehan, having had those five games, and given the results were you know were going so badly against them, he must have decided that turning the team around was I won't say was beyond was beyond him but it was definitely a case of that he obviously felt that he tried what he could in those five games and nothing was taking root which 
after that short period of time for him to come to that decision. It's either a case of he's basically you know overestimated his own capabilities. Oh, he under, under, underestimated the task that you know turning with now being round would be, um, possibly the latter. Um, very often, a manager can come into a club and realise, you know, he's got one, you know, one heck of a task, and this could be one situation where, you know, having a new manager in um, hasn't inspired the players, and they've just continued. You know, in the same form as what they were before Sheehan took over. And um, if that's what Anthony thinks, that you know, they're not listening to him or they're not taking notice of what he's saying, then you know, he probably feels that, why should I put myself out and waste my time on, you know, on something like this if I'm not going to get a response? It is very short. Um whether he'll come back again at another club in the future, only he will know. But um, five games. So what's that? Two weeks? Three weeks? That's that's all. That's all I was thinking. It's only about three weeks. Yeah. Uh, with the way that they're playing in the Evo at the minute, mm. <laughs> so that's all I was meaning by it. it's a shock to me that he's. Mm. But as you say, if he's feeling the chemistry isn't there and he's not able to get through, uh, then. Mm. Obviously, the chairman asked him to give him overnight and trying to, okay, ask Tommy again tomorrow. And uh, he kept it up. So it's interesting to see. Um, Also, what's interesting to see is that Graham Kemp has uh, been appointed the new manager at Dorchester Town. And he joins from Hamworthy United and will be assisted by Stuart Heath. And uh, was uh, joined them. This is dated the 11th of uh, September. Have we missed one? Uh, I'm vaguely, I think I vaguely remember this. I'm confused now. <laughs> I think I vaguely remember this, even if, even if it's from the fact that um, game came, came from Hamworthy United, because I think, I, I, I'm sure I remember Kristen saying something about how much he liked that team name. Uh, could be wrong. I nearly um, said that tonight but, um, because, uh, as well. <laughs> so I've... But uh, I think I think it is one that we've uh, spotted, but I was getting so used to reading them now. It's this time of year we just churn through them. Everybody's going. <laughs> and so we'll skip over that one then because I'm sure that we've already mentioned Graham's joint. And, uh, but also one breaking news tonight, uh, which you, you saw via a tweet, I believe, Rob, but down at Hanworth Villa. Yes, um, I usually go through my Twitter timeline on the day of a you know, they have a podcast just to see if there is anything out there. And Hanworth Villa is actually a club, you know, fairly close to me and James. Uh, many times Hampton and Richmond have been there for friendlies, pre-season games and so on. So, you know, it's a club we sort of like keep half an eye on. And for um, and from Gary Jenkins to decide that, um, you know, I'd, I'm not sure whether it's the club or whether the manager himself has chosen, but, you know, here's another manager that was only appointed during the summer and here he's gone and at the minute Hanworth are completely at the bottom of the combined counties Premier League uh, having only won one in the first 14 and it looks as if the board have said enough's enough which is fair, which is fair. that's what they're there to do when you only win one of the, of the first 14 games there's definitely an issue there somewhere 
and um, it's it, I mean they've guess they've got a game tomorrow night, but then after that they've got ten game ten days to um, you know go through the process and appoint someone. Um, it's um, it's unfortunate for Gary Jenkins, but you know if he's you know if the players are not there or not responding to what um, what the manager's saying, then this is the uh, decision that boards of football clubs have to make up and down the country. Yeah, I mean, I have to admit, when I saw the league table earlier today, I was uh, I was pretty shocked to see Hamworth Villa bottom of the uh, of the combined counties prem because you know the last few last few years, last few seasons, they've been certainly up at the uh, up at the other end of the table. Um, I know, I think actually getting promoted if they'd been in the position would have been a bit of a struggle because of ground grading, but. I was, you know, I was really shocked to see them to see them in the situation they are. So, yeah, he may have taken over in the summer, but I would imagine, you know, it's. I would imagine the board were were anticipating a much higher uh, finish in the table. I certainly don't think a relegation battle was on the on the agenda, but that's certainly what they've got ahead of them now at the moment. Um, so, it'd be interesting to see who they get. As you say, Rob, it's, uh, you know, they were before I moved to to. Bracknell, uh, they were geographically my uh, my most local club. I had to take the bus past their ground to get to, to Hampton. So, you know, I've always had a, had an eye on them. Um, so, yeah, it's, mm. I'll certainly be keeping keeping tabs on uh, on who they appoint. Mm. I mean, if they get if they manage to appoint the right person, there's you know no no reason why they can't be moving back up the table in pretty short order. Um, so, you know. We hope that you know the Hanworth Villa board managers manage to get the right person in to turn this round because uh, you know they do have some good players in that squad. I mean we've seen them many times, you know, in in pre-season. So you know even you know even to get somebody to play alongside the prolific striker Levi King, um, but um, it'll be a good challenge for a manager who wants to make a name for himself, and uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see who turns up. It will be very interesting. Also nice, uh, not necessarily nice uh, for you guys, but having something with a local insight there. Uh, Graham Kemp, uh, we spoke about last week. Uh, we hadn't missed it. Um, and you're Apologies right. Then, that was me that added that. <laughs> that is, it's, I was just busy going reading, reading through because uh, I've done, well, 850 miles in the car since then. So it's a, a, yeah. I've been in three different hotels, so it's nice to have a night at home. Um, before we move on to Hattrick Watch and we start talking about cup upsets, Rob, you were out on your jollies this weekend, uh, so mm-hmm. nice little break for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe James, you were you didn't get into uh, Watch Your Town because uh, Hampton did they didn't have a game, did they? No, they were they were over in Hornchurch in Essex, um, which is a bit far when I've got I've got a baby who uh, demands food and. Wouldn't mind if you're on the motorway; she'd still want it. So uh, stay, stay local. Um, I went down to Bracknell Town, which is, you know, it's five-minute drive from from my house. Um, they had a Hellenic Premier Challenge Cup match against uh, Headington Amateurs from from Division One East of the Hellenic League, so just one one division down. Um, it was a really really good match. Ended up going to extra time thanks to a, an injury time free kick uh, to bring it to two two. 
for heading to amateurs uh, who had gone 1-0 up, uh, deservedly so as well. They were the better side in the first half. Then Bracknell came back into it in the second half, uh, turned it around within nine minutes of the of the restart through uh, Jake White and leading scorer Shane Cooper-Clark, who's, uh, who's on 13 already now for the season. Um, but they just couldn't hold on and a, a silly foul just outside the box and a, a cracking free kick to, uh, to take us into extra time. And... Uh, yeah, in the first minute of the second period, they broke away and, and got the winner. And it was uh, interesting. In the again, the uh, the manager was uh, was removed from the pitch side area. Uh, things flared up a little bit in the tunnel on the way on the way back to the dressing rooms at half time of the ninety minutes. And uh, the referee wasn't uh, wasn't up to much really. Um, they never never really are at step five, it seems. And um, uh, the manager Ed Carpenter must have must have had some words, um, because when he and his team came out for the second half, he was asked to vacate the, uh, the pitch side area, so he had to um, go. We could see him watching it through gaps in the fence and uh, from the tee bar and uh, and things like that. Anything he could do to get away with actually being able to watch the game without being pitch side, uh, but it wasn't to be. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, on the end of a bit of a cup upset there, but uh, yeah, the. They're still looking good in the league. Um, still, you know, so like ninth and tenth, I think, at the moment. So it's it's shaping up to be a decent season. Unfortunately, they went out of the FA Cup at the first first time of asking as well. So you know, we're we're on a on a cliche kick tonight. So you know, they can concentrate on the league. <laughs> yeah, th- thankfully for me, I was uh, watching FA Cup action again um, with uh, Gaines Trinity at home to Farsley. Um, I got to see two internationals playing for Farsley at the same time as uh, Adam Priestley and uh, St Just uh, were both on the, on the team sheets. Uh, well, uh, St Just, he's a good player. I've seen him play for Halifax. He was he was very good, uh, but I think overall um, the two divisions difference showed, and we ran out comfortable four one winners. I think they only had about three shots that really troubled our keeper. Uh, they did. They did score a reasonable free kick. Um, I think Lewis Nightingale uh, was the guy from Farsley who scored their free kick uh, of consolation more than anything because um, we scored a couple, uh, well, an absolute cracker for our opening goal in about 10 minutes and then um, one five minutes later and then our captain and right back, uh, Dom Roma, who doesn't score that many. I think it's his second goal in three years. And... Uh, he finished off a move that he started on our penalty spot and uh, popped up in the other area to slot the ball home. So it was a, a comfortable win in the end, but it's always nice and it's always one of those things. We're glad we got the early goal because it settles everybody down. Uh, the only disappointing thing from me was it's FA Cup game and the crowd was actually slightly less than our average, which disappoints me a bit with it being a Cup game. You'd have expected, oh, it's FA Cup, we'll go down and watch and see what's going on. But there were plenty of goals, and I will apologise if this is really loud, because I have to click two buttons to get there. And about now, it's time for Hat-Trick Watch. Well, it's not often um, that we have a Player of the Week being somebody who scored a hat-trick, really, because although we, we do occasionally have it like we had last week who had somebody who grabbed four goals but I think we're going to have to start in the FA Cup 
and uh, over at Hales Owen Town, where team of the week last week was Elliston and Hibstock United, who knocked out Hereford, and they lost 7-1 to Hales Owen at home. And our player of the week was, is that an I or an L? Because I can't see from here. That's a, it's an I. He's Iston uh, Christie. Um, he used to play for Mansfield and Coventry way back when. You know, he's a bit of a football league stalwart. So it's a, you know, it's a really good signing for Hales Owen. Um, had only scored once in uh, in nine games previous to this match, but uh, certainly put that right by by hitting a hat trick in the first half and a hat trick in the second half. Which uh, couldn't be any better, could it? I think we, ha- I think we may have had something similar last season. I th- I'm pretty sure I remember a player getting yeah, three Ross, in each half. I think it was Ross Allen at Guernsey. Uh, that have, would be it. it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Mm. Um, yeah, he, he scored his first in the 23rd minute, and his sixth in the 80th minute. So just 57 game minutes between uh, between the first and the sixth. Um, yeah, so he couldn't get any better, could he? You know, you get. Three in the three in the first, three in the second, and uh, brings himself to a very uh, very good uh, seven in uh, seven goals in ten games now. <laughs> <laughs> Make much more respectable. <laughs> Absolutely, but yeah, it's a, it's a shame for for Ellis Town and Ibstock that that their cup runs had to end with such a heavy defeat after, as you say, you know they to beat Hereford and and would have been our team of the week had I, I, was it last week or was it the week before when we didn't record? But yeah, we certainly gave them neither the award before, yeah. or honorary award for for the week we missed. But it's a shame that their um, their cup runs come to an end, especially with a with a seven one home defeat, but. Yeah, fantastic for for Hales Owen and for Christie. Mm-hmm. They weren't the only uh, team to get a seven-one um, with uh, Ebb's Fleet grabbing seven-one and uh, Matt Godden. Um, I'm not sure whether he's still at Scunthorpe, uh, but he was on loan at Ebb's Fleet last year from Scunthorpe uh, after being on loan at Trinity for a little bit. Um, he uh, grabbed a hat trick, including one in the last minute uh, <clears throat> to uh, complete a seven-one home victory for Ebb's Fleet over Hythe. But I, sorry. I was just going to say, and now I know why Hyde, the town of Hyde was so quiet on Saturday afternoon. That was only because I happened to be in the being Hyde on Saturday afternoon, and I thought, you know, I know there's a football club here somewhere, but I can't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> now I know why they were playing at Ebbsfleet. <laughs> they were up the road, and uh, just looking, there was um, tie of the round. Before we move on to the next one, actually, was. Gainsborough Trinity's opponents in the next round, uh, a week on Saturday, are Marine FC, who beat Hyde United, or sorry, Hyde FC, as they're now called, at Hyde, 5-4. And so that was an interesting game, and I hope it's not as close and Trinity win uh, a week on Saturday, but uh, that's going to be interesting to see those uh, guys from Merseyside see what they're going to do when they come to uh, the North Zone next week. Um, Hold on, Kristen. You can't call it that. Oh, uh, I've yeah. If I I can call it, I can call it that on here, but I can't. And I got corrected by uh, our captain when I interviewed him for the paper on <laughs> Saturday, saying it's not called that anymore. Uh, oh yeah, it's not. Um, but <laughs> thankfully, that was for the paper and not for the club. <laughs> so it's one of the things. Um, Michael Cheek from Chelmsford City. He grabbed a hat-trick in their 6-0 victory at home to Worthington. And uh, he's got a 5-2 now. So, once again, he seems to have hit a rich raven form for Chelmsford. 
And once again, with lots of cup games going on, pretty sparse in the conference as far as uh, the uh, hat-tricks concerned, although we did see a couple uh, in the Evo Stick Prem with uh, Ramsbottom going down 4-2 away at Frickley. And last week we were talking about uh, Gavin Allott, who grabbed a hat-trick for Frickley. This week it's Danny South who grabs a hat-trick. And I think I'll let James take this one because as far as I'm aware, he's the legendary Shelton Payne at Trafford. Yeah, I I was just... um... Because I know Libby was was busy today, so I said I'd help out because I was having a quiet day at work, and uh, I just happened to be uh, just checking a, a few of the uh, a few of the facts. Because obviously, when you when you're looking through the the non-league paper, and that you only see a surname and a score. So I, I do like to, you know, we do like to give the credit properly. So we we you know we do do the research and get the the player's full name and any any decent little stats or bits of info about them. But Shelton Pern of Trafford FC got a. Um, Got a hat trick uh, on 33, 67, and uh, 70th minute penalty in a 4-0 win at home against Nantwich. Uh, it put him on 10 goals for the season and, uh, and a very respectable 76 goals in 137 games in his uh, in his Trafford career. So better than one in two striker rate, and you know fast becoming uh, I would imagine fast becoming a legend at the club. You've got to admit that's a great that's a great strike rate for any striker, no matter what level of the game they're at. So, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yes, apart from I can, I think it looks like he only got two hat tricks last season. So <coughs> he did back five uh, as Trafford beat uh, Drillston, um five nil, well five one, and that's <laughs> almost a year to the day. So he he likes September. His last hat trick was in March. Um, as there was a way at Stockbridge Park steals. So as as you say, James, we do like to we are trying to keep records and keep things moving with everybody so we know what's going on. Evo stick north sparse really. A lot of goals, but nobody's getting the hat tricks. No, uh, we haven't had a hat trick since uh well, middle of August, so it's over a month now since we've had a hat trick in the in Division One North. So you pull your fingers out, boys, let's uh, let's get some hat tricks going. Yes, and for the fourth time of mentioning tonight, Colville Town in the Evo <laughs> Stick South. Uh, Jake Woolley. Sponsored by Colville Town. <laughs> Jake Woolley, uh, last Tuesday, grabbed a hat-trick as they beat uh, Ghoul 4-2. And uh, so Colville Town get yet another mention uh, from us. I think Gil- Yeah, interest- in- in- sorry, interesting. That's the only hat-trick I could find from midweek last week. The midweek games normally aren't quite as uh, goal fest. Uh, I, I've always found. I don't know. We saw six four on a Tuesday night. <laughs> but no hat trick. Without a hat trick, it must be said. <laughs> That's True. That's what I mean. <laughs> uh, so speaking of uh, divisions letting the side down, um, oh, a certain <laughs> Ryman Premier League. Um, looking at that, twenty fifth of August was the last time we spotted a hat trick. Uh, in the league for those guys, so uh, I think it's yeah. About to, time be, that to be Charlie fair, though, we only have two out. games at the weekend because of the FA Cup. So. Well, that's the mm. thing; it's, it starts getting a bit sparse these couple of weeks, uh, especially as you come in a week earlier, the round earlier, don't you? So yeah, mm-hmm. and usually go out as well straight away. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of quick things, 
Luke Stanley at Soham Town Rangers. See, I'm great at these segue things now. Uh, scored hat trick in nine minutes. It's the fastest one of the week. Uh, as Soham beat uh, Tilbury 4 2 at Soham. Uh, once again, another one strike with 10 for the season. And uh, he got 40 last season as well. So he's uh, must be getting noticed by higher divisions, surely. Pretty yeah, you would, ima- you would imagine so, wouldn't you? He's, um, I did. I can't remember how old he was now. I did look into him a little bit earlier. I, I can't remember if he was... I looked at a few. He's either 22 or 29, I can't remember. So he's either at the beginning of his career or or towards the, you know, towards the latter stages. But yeah, certainly very prolific and uh, he'd be worth a punt for, a, for you know, even, even maybe a, a step two club. <clears throat> Definitely would be. And I say, just when you look at those sort of numbers, you just expect them to be moving up the divisions. Yeah, um, sorry, Soham fans, by the way. I'm not, I'm not pimping your striker out to, to potential suitors there. <laughs> well, well... It- if he's on contract, then it's always helpful. That's all I always look at it. At our level, if if somebody from the league wants to come in and pay us hundred grand for mm. one of our players, where do we sign? Where do we put him? I'll drive him there for you. It's because the club's bigger than the individual player, and yeah. uh, that sort of money's great for anybody at our level. Looking at the the, the south, Ross Allen, uh, the aforementioned, uh, he grabbed hat trick last week, but. That's the only hat-trick in the whole of the season that we've found in the uh, Ryman oh. South. And uh, I think next week we're going to have to revisit our... We're going to have to go back and revisit our predictions because I think we're pretty wayward in most of them. Uh, <laughs> the Southern Prem, without a sponsor this season, uh, they don't appear to have any hat-tricks since August either. And we only found one in the Southern Central, but Aylesbury... Um, FC have been having a real golf fest because last week uh, player of the week um, Linton Goss grabbed a hat-trick in an 8-1 home victory and this week Bradley Watkins grabbed a hat-trick in an 8-1 home victory after being a first half sub again so why don't they play these guys from the start? How many would they get? Yeah, I've I read the match report of this uh, of this game, and it, it said when he came on to replace uh, Brian Hall, who uh, who had already scored himself as well. It, it said, you know, they they expected the uh, their attacking uh, attacking uh, prowess to be blunted somewhat, but <laughs> certainly didn't prove to be the case. I, I think they were his first goals of the season as well. But yeah, as you say, they're uh, they're certainly scoring for fun at the minute. Yeah, 16 in, well, I think it's 20 in two, three games or something like that. It's a phenomenal strike rate they've got down there. Um, looking down, the uh, the final one we found uh, was in the south and west. Uh, thank you very much for doing this, James. I was driving and Libby was driving because that's what she does for a living. Um, <laughs> and Cinderford Town grabbed a hat-trick uh, last week and it was George Lloyd. And uh, this week it was Moore who grabbed a hat trick in a four nil victory at home to Totten. Um, yeah, I, I did. I tried to look at uh, look for him, but I couldn't find any any more information about him. So, but yeah, he got a hat trick on twenty four, forty five, and sixty six against AFC Totten. But yeah, second hat trick in uh, in a week for for Cinderford. Yeah, so they're starting to hit a bit of form. 
And uh, Mangosfield United, uh, they saw a hat-trick this week as they beat Wantage Town 5-0 and uh, two penalties from Lewis Powell sandwiched uh, with a normal goal uh, meant he got a hat-trick down there. So they were pretty quick, the hat-tricks we've seen this week. They weren't uh, struck over. Especially yeah, when kind of keeping an eye on Wantage a little bit as well because they, they won they won the Hellenic Prem, the uh, Bracknell's division, last season. So they as you would expect for a promoter team, they're just having a little bit of a struggle at the start of this season. So I'm just keeping a little eye on them to see how they do as a, as a promoter club. It's always interesting to see how they, they go in the new division. Because I know like uh, North, last year, North Ferriby and Hensford, when they came up, both of them made the playoffs. And uh, this year, you're looking at Chorley and looking at Files, Both of those two are in playoff contention. And... The ones who are coming down are generally the ones that seem to be struggling. Uh, so it is always interesting to see how everything fits in and it all slots together. And speaking of slotting together, we do have a team of the week this week. Uh, we've already hinted at it and you've already actually mentioned their opponents. Uh, but uh, I think we're going to go for a cup shock. Whereas... My tip for the Conference North is Barrow. And S. mine. <laughs> Don't and think they were mine. No, they're not yours. So you're no, safe. They're not yours. <laughs> um, they played uh, Runcorn Town at Barrow, so up at Holker Street, and Runcorn Town won 1 0. Mm. So it's the beauty and the glory of the cup, as far as I'm concerned. It is, and let's not forget for Runcorn Town, that one goal will be worth pots to them. You know, that one goal will just make so much of a difference to their season now. And with a bit of luck, they'll get a decent. They will have got a decent draw. I haven't seen it, so I am just checking now while you're talking. Um, But yeah, I mean, uh, they're at home to Norton United, so um, they would fancy that one. Certainly would, yeah, certainly would. So. It's a really good chance, and I think was it the um, the second qualifier rounds? Are, I think it's a four or five thousand pounds, isn't it? So mm-hmm. four thousand five hundred pounds is what you yeah, get. Yeah, and there's yeah. the seven and a half grand on offer for there, so they'll be yeah. delighted with. Yeah, you know, obviously it's at it's a home game as well, so mm-hmm. you know on the back of a win, a a, a, a promotion favourite of the division three divisions above, you know yeah. to win that to set up a tie against Norton United, and it should put. A, f- a few extra numbers on the gate, um, and obviously there's that massive carrot of seven and a half grand extra on top of yeah. on top of what they've already earned, mm. which I think might again might be seven and a half grand. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I know for the second qualifying round it's three, and for the third qualifying round which they've just which had um, just you know beaten Barrow with, I think that's round about four to four and a half. It's four and so a half already. Yeah, so they've already got at least seven and a half already, and the option of doubling their money, yeah, could be could be a great thing for the club. Could set them up for the rest of the season with, you know, a nice little healthy bank balance. Well, I mean, they they actually entered the extra. I'm just looking at their friends. They beat uh, Bootle one nil in the extra preliminary round, so they've been in it from the very start. Right. So already their little FA Cup run, which is. If they've got good management and good uh, accountants there, they won't bank on this money. Um, no. It's fifteen hundred quid for the first for the extra qualify uh, the extra preliminary round. Then it's mm-hmm. uh, nineteen hundred for the preliminary round, 
three mm-hmm. grand for the first one, and then mm-hmm. four and a half grand that they've just done. Uh, yeah. And I've just realised I've put in four hundred and fifty quid, and uh, not the one I wanted. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely a lot of money for them. Yeah. You're looking yeah. at 11 I mean, grand nearly already. That, well, that's, that's over 10 grand already, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's, yeah. you know, if they, if you know, if you go on town, play the cards right, be sensible, put it into developing facilities perhaps, yeah, they'll be all right. But that's the thing, that's, that's what, two, three months playing budget for somebody at their level. Hopefully four yeah, months playing budget. And they're doing well in the Vars as well because, I'm, you know, while you've been talking now, I'm just looking at their fixtures and they're... The first uh, first qualifying of the FA Vars as well to beat Glasshout and Welfare eleven nil. So they obviously enjoying their uh, their, their mm, cups this season. So they obviously like the M sixty two and they wanted to get back as quick as possible. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's fantastic. And, you know, possibly the most deserving team of the week so far this season. I think it is for what, to to get where they've managed to get to. Um, it would have been a, a toss-up uh, had Clee Town managed to hang on because um, they took the lead against Ferriby, I believe, um, but ended up losing 2-1. Uh, so it would have uh, would have been a toss-up because they're also in the mm-hmm. they're in the North Eastern Counties uh, Premier. So once again, three divisions below. But it's uh, really good, and I, that's why I love the FA Cup. The, the league's the bread and the butter, but... The FA Cup makes everything special, like the trophy does, like the Vars does, the cup games, one-off games, and say, look at the likes of Runcorn, where it's a nearly 11 grand they've had, and even if they go out in the next round, it's great as far as that's concerned. Oh yeah, I mean that you know they've gone further than they would have ever, presumably they would have dreamed of going this season, especially you know, especially when you draw Barrow away, you know you. You're hoping just to keep the score down. I would have thought going into that game. So yeah. to go to go, like I said, to go away to a team three divisions above and a team that's expected to win that division mm-hmm. and win and keep a clean sheet is phenomenal. It's an absolutely fantastic achievement, and you know, and good luck to them going forward. You know, they're they're what two games away from the first round proper, and one of those is a a winnable home game against mm-hmm. Norton United. And I mean, let's not forget with the game being away at Barrow, um, get receipts a share. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, how many was at the game, James? Um, if you bear with me, I will just uh, have because, a look. Because if it's Barrow, you're probably talking f- possibly four figures. Uh, you'll be talk- you will be looking at probably f- 1,500 to 2,000. Yeah. We played yeah. them at the start of the season and they got 1,400 people there on a cold Tuesday night. Yeah. So for a cup game, you could probably talk about a similar figure, somewhere between 1,000 and 1,500. And, um, you know, there's a, a, a nice little healthy addition there with the share of the gate receipts that um, Runcon Town will get. So. Yeah, the, it's 1,370. Yep. So if you think so, if you think about it, you know there's going to be, you know there might be another four or five thousand after that. So, and you just wonder how many people stayed away at Barrow, thinking, ah, we'll walk that one. Mm. No point. Yeah, but that that would make me want to go because I'd want to see my team score potentially a lot of goals mm. against a yeah an on paper weaker side, but mm. you know. And Norton, um... they're not. Are they Northwest Counties? I believe. Uh, um, well, well, they're in the Premier. I'm just waiting for it to come up. They are 
they are in northwest counties as well. But they came in at the preliminary round, not the extra. Mm. Right, okay. So it means I think that goes on where you finished in the table last year. Hmm. Yeah, I, re- I remember, I think it was the season before last, they had a, a crazy, crazy end to the season. Um, I remember actually, I think I, I went on on a, a radio show, I think, to talk about it. They had a, oh, that was right, I went on Danny Baker actually, now I think about it, because I'd written about it and it came to came to their attention on the Danny Baker show on Five Live. So I, I went I went through and um, I'm just looking now, it was in the archives on a, under the league.com. Um, they had to play 11 games in 16 days at the end of the 2011-2012 uh, mm-hmm. season. So. Mm-hmm. And I could tell you all the results if you want, but I, you know, yeah, best, I won't bore you. <laughs> no, best not, James. You've already started name dropping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you only managed to get on Radio Way last week. Uh, oh, and yesterday. I was doing oh. the updates for Bracknell. <laughs> well, um, <clears throat> that's the end of the running order um, as far as we got this week it has been a bit short i've been i promise try and keep it a bit more on track after a mammoth one last week i don't know, understand how we managed to talk for nearly two hours about everything it didn't and it wasn't me it wasn't me Kristen. no it, you disappeared it was it was a two-week show really so yeah we can i can let i can let you off with that one as uh, far as it's been going It starts really loud now. We don't have enough finally this week because nothing good's happened or nothing funny's happened. There's lots of good things happening in the world. Um, we're not going to make. We're not going to make Rabbit Rover explain himself then. No, <laughs> no we're not going. We're not going to do that. He's had a weekend away and uh, we've managed not to turn him into ranty Rabbit Robo. Um, <laughs> so I think that's the way I look at it from as far as that's concerned. Um, so what I'll say um, I'm Kristen Smith in Gainsborough you can find me at uh, non-league pod but uh, whereabouts can you see on the internet James uh, yep Facebook and Twitter is under the league and underleague.com for a non-updated website <laughs> <laughs> but it's been fun as always I've really enjoyed tonight especially the interview with Shane thank you very much uh, Shane Clark of Tamworth for, for coming on it was a real pleasure to, to have a chat with him Right, and for where? myself, well, for, for myself, well, it's uh, the usual same old Twitter name that I keep trying to avoid explaining you know, at rapidrobo.com. I shall be still be working hard at Hampton and Richmond, you know, looking forward to a rest from doing the programme for at least a week. So I can't complain. Yeah, it's, it's, it's only been a week and it will be another week till we record uh, episode 48, all being well. Um what people need to remember if they do want to listen to us or contribute we will take uh, any help we can get so give us a tweet at the show at uh, non-league pod uh, subscribe to us on itunes review us on itunes or you can drop us an email um at more info at the nodleypodcast.co.uk and uh, whatever you've been doing uh, especially thanks this week to Shane uh, over there of Tamworth as you've already said James uh, but whatever else has been doing uh, I thank you for listening <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>